Hello out there and welcome to another edition of the homeschool educational supplement that we know as Interesting Stuff, where we dive into curious and unusual topics. And today we will be looking at maritime rescue. Now, if you live somewhere like where I do, near the sea, you will find that this topic is actually quite important. In fact, going back through the history of the locality here, it's quite easy to see how important it was to protect the lives of people working in and around the sea, especially in the fishing industry. Because working at sea has always been dangerous, whether it was in one of those food and fisheries based industries in the past or, or even in the present in the oil and gas industry, it is really necessary to be aware of the dangers of the water because the sea and the ocean are highly unpredictable, even for the most seasoned sailors. Out there on the water, there are few navigational landmarks. There's limited communication with the mainland and fast erratic changes in the environment. So you've got to have a lot of respect for the people working out there. Now, fortunately, all over the world, experienced maritime teams are ready to come to the rescue of uh, not just fishing boats and people working at sea, but uh, of uh, holiday makers and uh, people getting themselves into deep water, uh, canoeists and paddleboarders and uh, even some crazy people who try to swim out there. And so in the maritime teams, the training is intense, but absolutely necessary as thousands of people go missing every year at sea around the UK alone. Now, you might have seen those bright orange lifeboats around the coasts or out on the water, and they belong to the Royal National Lifeboat Institution, which is a UK charity organization dedicated to saving lives at sea. And their 24-hour lifeboat search and rescue service has saved over 140 thousand people since its foundation in 1824 and it prides itself on the courage of its volunteers who work tirelessly to keep people safe and return them to dry land. In fact the founder of the RNLI was Sir William Hillary who's famous for his quote that with courage nothing is impossible. So whether it's rescuing the passengers of sinking ships pulling yachts with engine failure back to shore or searching for people dragged out into the ocean due to strong currents, the RNLI is there to do its job and they receive an average of 24 call-outs every single day. Their main base is in Poole in Dorset in England and they have 238 lifeboat stations operating 444 lifeboats around the country. Their lifeguards operate on more than 200 beaches. 
It's also good to note that considerable effort is put into training and education by the RNLI, particularly working with young people, as more than 6,000 children a week are given information by volunteers about sea and beach safety, and over 800 children a week receive specific training. The crews working on the boats rescue an average of 22 people a day. However, unfortunately, this has come at the cost of more than 600 lives lost in the service of saving people. Now, the volunteer teams around the UK are provided with state-of-the-art equipment, which they use to learn about the sea and train in safety and survival techniques, such as how to operate radars, how to use the electronic navigation equipment at sea, and how to pilot the rescue boats. In fact, the RNLI has its own college, which is home to a unique wave tank that simulates violent weather. The special effects are described as incredibly realistic. A powerful wind machine creates gales, while sound and lightning systems recreate thunderclaps and lightning. This means that teams can practice capsizing drills and sea survival. So, when they first experience an emergency, they will know how to deal with it confidently. According to volunteers, the biggest problem in a search and rescue can be identifying somebody's location. It's difficult because there are no landmarks at sea. It's just water, so people don't always know exactly where they are located. But it is possible to triangulate positions of a distress call. So... As long as they pick up the call, they should be able to identify a person's location. And so when do most rescues happen? Well, a lot of people think lifeboats are busy in bad weather, but it's not generally the case. In fact, most of the shout-outs are in summer to pleasure craft and people bathing. There are an overall average of around 50 to 60 launches a year, and two-thirds of those are in the warmer months. And the type of rescue jobs? Well, a lot of dinghies and people getting cut off by the sea. You know, they've walked out as far as they can, and they didn't realize that the tide was coming in behind them. There's also boats broken from moorings, and sailors reporting debris in the water that could be a boat or perhaps even a person that's fallen overboard. So there's always the duty to investigate every report. Now, as technology has advanced, we have also seen robots come to the rescue and join in the search for missing people. This is most commonly done with squadrons of rescue drones. These eyes in the skies are able to analyze the situation in the aftermath of any kind of disaster, as well as assist in locating casualties and exploring dangerous locations. When it comes to tackling terrain too tough for humans, robots are relatively sensible additions to the rescue toolkit. They can aid missions by providing full HD and thermal imaging technologies, and they also enable us to gain an up-to-date topography of how the sea or the land lies, which can then be relayed in real time to a control vehicle. 
Drones are really useful in searching out areas where access is difficult, and they can also be used to collate evidence without contaminating the scene in the unusual event of perhaps even a crime being committed. And so drones are a nice extra addition to the lifeboats themselves, which are quite fantastic pieces of technology. Most boats are fitted with heavy anchors that allow the boats to stop and stay secure while conducting a rescue. They also usually have multiple navigational systems and information management systems on board. Besides that, there's a streamlined shape, there's usually twin jet engines, and even a self-writing design which makes sure that the lifeboat will never capsize. And so all credit to these brave rescue teams who are on call around the clock. And most of them are doing this aside from the main job that they have. So maybe they carry a pager or a beeper with them or they get a call and they just have to leave their job and rush out into the waters and stormy seas, which is pretty brave if you ask me. And so I tip my hat to the often forgotten maritime rescue crews of this country, and um, and I hope that um, I hope that they don't ever have to pull me out of the sea. But the weather can change really quickly around here, so you never know. And there's even the har, which is this fog that comes in really quickly across the sea. And it's very, very easy to get lost in that and not know which direction you're going in. So there's a billion (laughs) different dangers out there for sure. So remember, if you're out on the water, you know, follow the safety rules and instructions and uh, take care. But remember, you still want to have an adventure, but just make sure you're safe at the same time. And that's it for today's interesting stuff. I hope there was something new or unusual in this for you today. As usual, under the video, there will be some comprehension questions to check your understanding. And if you'd like a different topic, drop me a line. Let me know. And uh, maybe your topic will be the next topic. Who knows? So wherever you are, have a great day. I'll speak to you soon. Take care.